Well, welcome. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome. Glad you've joined us today. Today's our annual meeting as Melissa shared, which is a great Sunday to be here because you are going to hear um, our, our best effort at a brief report of uh, God's faithfulness to us and the results of our collective efforts and shared um, work over the last year. And, and this is important. You learn a lot about a church by seeing what they measure, uh, the numbers that they use to gauge how well they're doing. And so uh, my hope is today that this will be a really encouraging morning for you. And if this is your first time with us, just come on into the kitchen and we'll have a nice family talk and you're going to hear what, what matters to us. And I hope that you'll feel just really right invited in to be a part of this. Um, every year, our church, let's see, the sermon notes is probably the most important thing. If you'd, like your, if you'd like a page, it'll help you follow along. Just put your hand up and Bruce looks like can hand you a sermon notes page. And we're going to click along briskly this morning. So, uh, our church has three core values, transformation, community, and compassion. Those are always the things that we're focusing on, but we have found that it's helpful to identify a specific theme or area of focus each year. There's so many things we could do. There's an unlimited amount of needs. There's so many ways we could focus our attention and our resources. So we have come into the habit of saying, this year, we're going to really emphasize these things. We're going to pour into these things. And the responsibility of articulating that vision usually falls on me. I was in Santa Barbara seeing my son play football the fall of 21, and I was thinking about what is it, praying about what is it we should focus on in 2022. And these are the things that I wrote down. This is what I shared. It's not very... Uh, clicky. It's not very easily marketable. This was just the statement that I gave to our staff team and our board team as we, as we peered into the beginning of 2022 and imagined a year of ministry together. I said, we're going to focus on two words, incarnation and stability. Incarnation, we know God because God became flesh and lived among us in Jesus. So that's what incarnation means. This is what I wrote. We're going to invest in relationships. We're going to emphasize in person. We're going to be face to face. We're going to know each other. We're going to use names. We're going to share personal examples. We're going to go to games and we're going to go to homes and we're going to go to hurts. We're going to show up. We're going to mentor. We're going to eat together. We're going to celebrate the real journey of doubt and faith and not just the someday happy ending in worship. We're going to tell stories. We're going to share practices. Community, not the individual, is the context of the Christian faith. We're going to live out our prayer, our worship, our service, and our work together. We're going to experience the sacred here. We will participate in the eternal now. This was a thought about incarnation, about being the, the common way of saying incarnation in our culture in the last year has been in person. Right? We're going to be in person, not exclusively, but we're going to try to bring people back. And then the second value for the year, or, or point of our theme, was stability. And by that we meant that we're going to abide and let God provide. We're going to be here. We're going to stay close to the source of life because that's where we were designed to live. We're going to discover and we're going to nurture our roots. We're going to resist 
consumerism. We're going to resist the pressure to run away. We're going to heal the broken. We're going to resolve conflict. Pray for unity in Christ. We know that we're in it for the long haul. This is not an event. This is a community. Our success may not be Instagrammable. (laughs) That which is good is rarely noticed except by God, and so we will persevere. Stability is part of the gift that we will give to this city and to the world. So that was our vision for 2022, being here and staying here. We're going to hear a little bit about the results of a year of ministry which has been focused on incarnation and stability, or to use other words, we're going to focus on a year of ministry focused on intentionally, consistently being present. And there isn't a place where that emphasis has been more fruitful and about which we are, the mo- we are more thankful than in our uh, area of caring for one another And so I want to thank Angela, our pastor of Care and Connections, who has done a fantastic job this last year, has worked untiringly. Is that a word? Has worked a lot. Uh, Tirelessly is the word. Uh, And uh, she's going to share, she's going to try to quantify and report on this very difficult to measure dynamic of relationships and caring for one another. Thanks, Angela. Thank you. So when Jesus is preparing to return to the Father, he has just this little moment with his disciples, and he tells them, he's giving them a new commandment, and he tells them he wants them to love one another like he's loved them. And in John 13, 35, he concludes this with saying, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. In 2022, this verse just keeps coming to mind as I have been a witness to the love this community has for one another. This means 205 people decided to share life outside of Sunday mornings in home groups. They shared meals. They shared burdens, grief, joy. They grew together. They were challenged by the message together, and that was beautiful. In addition to that, 84 people decided to engage in some short-term classes to go deeper, to broaden their theological understanding, to, to even focus on ways that they can discipline themselves more to be more like Jesus That was also super encouraging. Fourteen people committed their lives to Jesus in a very public fashion through baptism this year. Fourteen people allowed Christ to change them through the sacrament of baptism. That's exciting. That's big. And in addition to that, what I also found exciting about these baptisms is that you as a community showed up. We had several Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening baptisms, and easily over a hundred of you would show up to witness people making this commitment, this milestone in their faith. It showed what we value. It shows that we value those who are growing in Jesus through this huge milestone. It was so good to see your faces cheering on these people. Um, 27 people chose to make Emmaus their home. By this, I mean they're choosing to commit to this community, choosing to serve this community, choosing to grow in this community. 
And that is the largest number we've had in one single year since we organized in 2010. So that was really encouraging. So welcome to the 27 new members. Some of you, I'm sure, are here today in 22. We're grateful for you. We brought 182 meals to those who were sick, those who had new babies, those who were struggling or just needed encouragement. And by meals, I mean sometimes these were meals for six people. Sometimes they were meals for two people. But at 180 times, 82 times that I know of, we delivered these meals. Um, the Cortez family, what Dan gave me permission to share this, was one of the families that we were able to do this in force. For those of you who know, Dan spent a year fighting pancreatic cancer, and today he is cancer-free. So... Those meals were a way that we tangibly supported them. And the big one that I want to share this is 1,332 pastoral care contacts. Now, I actually say this number is probably low because this is just the tallies from a couple of pastors on staff and a small team who are calling people, who are meeting with staff. It doesn't include our other staff members. These are ways that we are loving one another and living as a community. And I think it's, it's probably so much greater than that. It's become our culture. Before I can even respond to a need, you guys are responding to needs. You guys are welcoming people. You guys are being that love. Recently, we had someone come to our church who was newer, and we asked what brought them to this church, and they said, well, I moved to Lincoln, and I met these great friends who lived in my neighborhood. And then I realized the common connection to these great people was they all went to the same church. And these people who had never gone to church in their life thought, I trust these people, and they all go to this church. I think I need to go to this church. And they did. So, um, again, John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if I have love for one another. I am grateful for this community of disciples. And now I'd like to turn this over to Leah, our kids' director. had a really fun and full year upstairs in kids. You probably heard us pounding down the halls every now and then. Um, but about a year ago, I was up here giving an update, and I was saying we really need help. If we're gonna, we were growing, and we were going back to two services. If you remember, that was just a year ago that we were launching back into having a two services. And this community just showed up for our kids this last year, and they show up every week. Um, and that has really been a highlight of our kids' ministry. And what I love about that is it's not just women, it's also men. And it's young people, and it's parents, and it's grandparents. Um, it's parents, it's people without any kids. It's, it's everybody. It's a beautiful reflection of this whole room um, that is faithfully serving, um, committed to our kids every single week. I love it. It doesn't feel like we're just scraping it together every week. It feels like we have a team um, that really values our kids. And so I appreciate that. Your kids are well cared for. Uh, we're ready for them most Sundays um, and ready to go. And so I was a little nervous this morning because there's a 12 o'clock game today. So I'm like, oh, everyone's coming to nine. I'm like, good luck, guys. I'll be on stage and uh, you're on your own up there. <laughs> so, um, but thank you to the people that responded to that. It has made all the difference in just strengthening our program for our kids this year. Um, we are going to take that, and we're going to do something new this summer. Um, 
that has been off the table for a long time, but we're bringing it back, and we're going to do a day camp for a week in July. And so we're going to take over every nook and cranny of this building. Um, all those people that moved those chairs, we're going to need you again in July. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to take over. We're going to do a day camp for our kids this summer, not just for the kids at Emmaus, but um, community and friends that can be invited. We're going to bring them in too and just love on them for a week this summer and have a ton of fun with that. So that's just something we're looking forward to for 2023. Um, I would like to introduce Courtney, our awesome youth director, for an update on youth. All right. So as Nate said, our focus for last year was incarnation and stability. So I'm just going to share four areas that we were able to lean into within youth ministry um, to live out that focus. The first is our Wednesday night youth groups. This is really the, the center and kind of the anchor of what we do here with youth ministry. We have three groups here at Emmaus. We have Fuel 45 for fourth and fifth graders. Ignite is our middle school group and Embers for our high schoolers. All three groups are in the same building on Wednesday night. We will have about 50 to 60 on a typical night here at the theater. It can be wild and crazy with all those bodies here in this building. Um, but it is a great chance to come alongside these students and connect with them on a regular basis throughout the week. The second area was, is retreats. We were able to do a retreat for both our middle school students and our high school students last year. And it is a 48-hour chunk of time where we're able to eliminate a lot of the everyday distractions that we face at home and invite our students to really lean in and be intentional, surrounding some great teaching, some applicable activities, time for prayer and worship, some weird and crazy games. It is a lot of fun. It's often a highlight of the year for our students and leaders. The third and huge part of 2022 for us was our summer mission trip. We spent about two weeks in South Africa with eight of our high school students. It was a big and exciting undertaking for us. We partnered with a pre-existing organization in the Johannesburg area and joined them in their really relational, people-focused work that they do. They've been there for over 20 years. And our students were able to hear stories firsthand from these people living on the complete other side of the world. They were able to share their own stories and encourage the people they're meeting on their walk with the Lord, get them connected to local churches. It was a really impactful experience for all of us that were on that trip. The fourth area I want to share about is mentorship and meeting with students. This took on many, many different forms. But just one example that I want to share is... Um, for a few months, I met with two groups of high school students before school, so like 7 a.m. That's early for me, but that's even earlier for teenagers to get up. We met at some coffee shops, and we studied scripture together before school uh, once a week. And this was, excuse me, we, we studied scripture. We were able to talk about what's challenging, what's encouraging, and what we just read, and get really applicable in the app. Um, in our takeaway from what we'd be reading, asking questions like, how is this teaching in James going to help me in 20 minutes when I walk into first period class? And it was a great chance just to connect with these students on a deeper level as well. So as I was preparing for today, I kind of took a look back in my 2022 calendar and my computer. Um, and one week in particular really stood out to me from the fall that I think is just a great example for what we were focusing on last year. So this particular week, 
Uh, we started off myself and several others spent the day at the Gold Country Fairgrounds in Auburn. We were supporting about a dozen of our students as they showed their cows and pigs and lambs and goats and whatever else you show at fair. Um, and we were just encouraging them and supporting them in the hard work they've put in. I met with a student at a coffee shop the next day. We had youth group here with all of our students in one space. A group of us were at Del Oro later that week to watch some students in a water polo match. And we ended the week at Foskett Ranch Park to watch some of our seventh graders play flag football. So I share this not to highlight how much driving we do or all the places we go around the county, uh, but I share it to highlight the importance we're placing on our relationships with our students, on encouraging them, on cheering them on, sometimes literally from the sidelines, on showing up for them and investing in their lives. Because we show up to all these activities and events and concerts because we value these relationships. We know the impact it can have on them, and that's what they're going to remember. That's what I remember from when I was in youth ministry here, the people that showed up to my basketball games and soccer games, no matter if I was good or bad. <laughs> so looking forward to 2023, we're still leaning into these relationships. In about five days, I think, on Friday, we're heading up north for our high school retreat for the weekend. Our students are going back to South Africa this summer. We just started Wednesday night youth groups this past week. It was a big old crew, a lot of noise and a lot of fun. We're still going to go to fairs and concerts and games and probably show up with embarrassing signs and obnoxious cheers, but we love it. And we're just really excited to see the work that God's going to continue to do in this ministry and in the lives of these students. Thanks. The work that we do with students is critical for so many reasons, and Courtney's doing a great job specifically nurturing the students who are in our church community. We also want to do a great job reaching students who are just in the city of Lincoln, serving those who are needing relational support, academic support, and otherwise. So seven years ago, we started a youth center in town. It's called The Foundry. It's branded differently from the church. The accounting is separate from the church so that it can receive funding from other people who aren't a part of our church. We want it to be a truly community-wide youth center, and some great stuff is happening there. It's been a year of a lot of change, and there's some really fun stuff coming up, more than we can tell you about here. So we're going to take another Sunday to talk about that in, in the future. But I want to introduce our summer intern from last summer, who's now managing the whole thing, uh, Emily Cottle. Welcome. Hi, everyone. I'm going to bring up one of my students here real quick, Xavier. Um, but I just want to thank everybody for your support over the last year. Um, students like Xavier have showed up. We've had 190 check-ins on average a week there. Um, that's a lot of students. <laughs> I'm always talking to teenagers, spending time with them. Um, and I think that kind of shows what we're talking about here is that we just really, the stability of us being there, myself, my volunteers, a lot of the volunteers actually are members of the church, so you guys are awesome. Um, and we're just showing up for them, and that makes a huge difference in their lives. Um, so I wanted to talk to Xavier here. He's a, one of our student leaders, and he's been going to the Foundry for a long time now. Um, and I just want to talk to him and ask him, like, explain what your favorite part of the Foundry is. Uh, personally, my favorite part of the Foundry is the community and the people that go there, especially with my friends and a lot of my family going there. I like the... Emily, 
in Lexington. But Emily and her husband Lincoln that help volunteer and run the foundry, they really help the, the oh my God, they really help the youth that go there. Um, and then one thing, I want you to list your favorite thing from last year that we did, like either over the summer or spring or fall, your favorite thing. I think I might know what yours is, but we'll see. <laughs> That's hard. Um, <laughs> over the summer, you said? You could list something over the summer. Well, I can't list anything right now because we did a lot of things over the summer. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the topic of skate parks, uh, the Foundry hosts many field trips and we go to other youth group centers such as a salt mine on Wednesdays. And they're open from three to six for hangout and six to eight for youth group. So if anyone's interested, you could stop by on Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> That's a highlight of our week. <laughs> Thank you, Xavier. Um, but I just, I wanted to emphasize just like three to six, Tuesday through Friday, we're there, we're doing mentorship, we're doing educational activities, we're doing crafts. Um, I've had volunteers who have never done crafts before doing art with students, that's entertaining. Um, <laughs> cooking, which again, in a tiny like dorm-like kitchen is entertaining. <laughs> um, but I just want to stress to you guys that this type of work is it can look like a, like a regular job from the outside, but it really is a ministry. I mean, when I leave, when I'm there from three to six, I'm not actually um, off the clock at six o'clock. I get calls overnight. I get student crises. I'm talking to schools. I'm talking to teachers. I'm talking to parents. Um, and so it really is, it's something that you have to be um, committed to and all the time. And so your guys' support makes that possible for me. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> um, but for the numbers now, I'm going to introduce our executive pastor, Richard Lester. Thanks, Emily. Okay, so this is the point where half of you go to sleep because she said numbers, and half of you lean in because you understand the importance of them. So, um, but really, numbers, they do, they share a story. They're not just numbers. Um, you, can, you can look at the numbers and, and really read what, again, what you value, uh, what's important to you as a community. Um, so um, so the, the numbers that we're going to share are just the church um, portion, not like the foundry, for instance. Uh, but we brought in, in 2022, $742,000. That is, those are funds that this church gave. It's an incredible amount. It's more than we had planned, um, but that is what this community collectively gave um, to, uh, through the church. Um, we budgeted that we would spend $704,000, um, but we actually underspent our budget by 1%. So it was like right there. It was actually 99.01% of the budget we spent. Um, so we're still under budget, uh, which is great. Uh, <laughs> just barely. Uh, but... Um, we, are, we were able to end the year with a surplus, uh, which, is, which is such a, a, an amazing thing uh, during these last several years. I know a lot of churches have really struggled, but uh, gratefully, we have uh, been able to end with a surplus every year uh, since the church began. Uh, it just is a little bit of a testament to um, the conservative nature of how we spend money and how our board uh, plans those funds. Uh, that is, it, it's just such a blessing to be a part of that community. If you've ever 
um, not been a part of, of a community like that, you understand how difficult that, that can be. Uh, but that enabled us to collectively give away $121,066 to various needs. This is everything from planting churches around the world uh, through our denomination to rent support for families in need uh, to flowers for the sick uh, to helping to support uh, some of the college um, needs of our our kids in our community uh, to helping to support a few local Christian universities, $121,000. We also uh, raised $13,000 through December in our compassion um, plan, and those funds weren't given until 2023, uh, so those aren't included in the $121,000. So uh, I hope just you can see the story um, underneath the numbers. Uh, For for me, I get to see this every, uh, every day. Uh, throughout the whole year. And so I'm always excited when I get to share with the, the community and get a peek behind the curtain a little bit uh, so that you can see what I get to see uh, daily, which is the faithfulness of this community, uh, the generosity of this community, and the collective impact that we're able to have. Um, that number, 121,000, is not, um, it's not a small number. And it's, it's real stories, it's real people, it's real um, compassion being extended uh, through those collective resources. Um, okay, so I'm going to also share a little bit about, um, about a new legacy fund that we uh, just set up. Uh, this is, this is a, uh, something that we've never considered before, um, but we received a gift at the end of the year from a, a former member of Emmaus who moved out of the area to be closer to family but passed away. So they sent, a, they sent the church $50,000 um, and we were able to um, uh, pray and think about how we, what we could do with those funds, what, what would honor the intent of this individual. And um, we spoke with the family and came up with the idea to, to set up a legacy fund with those funds. In other words, what that, what that basically means is that we're going to not spend the money, but instead allow those funds. Um, it's, it's, just, it's, not a huge, it's a huge amount of money, but... It's not uh, a lot of interest off of, the, of those resources, but to, to, to keep the resources and to um, just use the interest for, um, for ministry um, so that then year after year, those funds can continue to bless uh, this community and the ministry that we're doing here. Uh, so uh, again, it's not something that we've really ever really considered until we received that, uh, but we did set up that fund and it's available to others uh, if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, if you are, let me know, um, and I can give you more information about that. Uh, a little bit more about a few other numbers. Um, as Nate mentioned, we were focusing on kind of the in-person um, aspect this last year. Uh, 2020, our in-person attendance was 175 people. So obviously, COVID. Um, <laughs> then uh, we went to 225 in 2021. And right now, uh, our average weekly in-person attendance is 286. Uh, When you add in the folks that are watching online, uh, that number goes up quite a bit to uh, 454 um, average uh, folks that are with us um, online or in person each Sunday. And that, those are the numbers. Um, If you have (laughs) questions, 
It's like, I think I'm supposed to clap for the numbers. Um, if you have any questions about um, the numbers, it's always tricky to, to decide which ones to share, um, where you don't, everyone just doesn't gloss over. Um, ask me. Um, if you're interested in numbers, ask me. I love answering those questions and geeking out on that stuff. So, all right. Thank you guys very much. So we turned the corner into 2023. I had several conversations with our leadership team, our staff. We prayed together as a staff. We were trying to work out and discern what would be our focus heading into this year. And what kept coming to mind, it wasn't a word, it kept coming to mind for me was a story uh, from somewhere around 1205. Uh, and, and this is the story. It's a story about a wealthy man in Italy. He goes off to war. He sees horrible things. And he comes back just absolutely defeated by the state of the world. He gives away all of his wealth and he becomes a monk. And we know him as St. Francis. And once while praying before this cross in, um, outside of his hometown, which is now in a church in Assisi, Francis heard Christ say, Francis, go rebuild my house. As you see, it is all being destroyed. Now, the theme of restoration has long been really close to the heart of us here at Emmaus, but I'm offering this as guidance for us uh, as we head into the year because it seems that more than in any time in my lifetime, the traditional habitual aspects of church have been eroded by just a whole host of cultural realities. So what I mean is that the value of church is not widely um, accepted, even by spiritual people. And the purpose of church has been confused and is no longer well understood, even by people who have been a part of the church for a long time. And so the call on the church, perhaps more than any other time in my lifetime, is, in my opinion, to demonstrate the validity, the authenticity, the beauty, the difference of the gospel, to show in word and deed what this that we're a part of, the shared community focused on worshiping Jesus, is to do and to be in the world, not just to talk about the gospel and not just to insist on the validity of our convictions, but to demonstrate and word and in word and deed a different and unique way of living life. The church is the relational structure of the community of Jesus. And so to build or to rebuild the church may, may sound a little bit strange. Essentially, it's, what I mean by this is what we commonly say when we say, we need, really need to work on our family. We need to spend a month working on our family. We need to spend the summer working on our family. When we say that, we typically mean that we need to build back good routines, we need to reestablish some sense of balance because things have gotten washed out by busyness or by grief or whatever it is. We need to build back some structures like eating together. We need to reestablish some structures like a family calendar where we can have a general communication uh, method so that our, the community of our family works well. We need to recognize 
that to, to, when, we, when we say we need to work on our family, we don't necessarily mean we need to work on the relationships in our family. We mean we need to work on the structures that support the relationships in our family. That's what we talk about. That's what we mean when we say that. Um, we're recognizing the importance of the things that help the family grow together. It's the same with rebuilding the church. The relationships are here. The love is here. The commitment to one another is here. It's what we've been, it's the story that we've been telling over the last 15 minutes. The desire to worship is here, but the structures in the church need some attention. What needs to be rebuilt, in other words, is not the relationships themselves in most cases, but the structures and the routines and the, the, the fortification that enables the relationships to be effective. So in the coming year, we'll be pouring energy into some very basic elements and some essential structures in the church. For some of you, this may feel like, gosh, that's very basic stuff. But there's been a, a lot of new people that have become a part of our church in the last year. And there's also a recognition of the need of really focusing in on some of the basic stuff because these are the things that have been eroded over the last couple of years with all of the changes. For instance, shared devotional habits like reading a psalm a day, which we've been talking about for a month. Basic, short, but essential classes like one that started last week, four weeks on how to read the Bible. After that, we'll have a, a class, how to go to church. Like, Why do we do the things we do when we're here together? And what is the significance and the meaning of these things? Uh, a third, helpful resources. We want to provide really helpful resources, like the Emmaus Footnotes podcast, which has been coming out every day in the month of January. We've reopened with Michael Gargillo's support. We've re reopened the bookstore. There's new resources in there all of the time. Um, we're launching a new book next month for Lent called The Benefits of Temptation, which I'm excited to talk to you about. That comes out in February. And we're, we're working to rebuild our, our serve teams, our volunteer teams. Even in churches like ours, which have received a lot of people coming back for worship, people coming back to serve is lagging way behind. So we really, for most of the year, with a few exceptions, it, feels, it sounds like the kids' ministry team is strong, but... Um, most of our volunteer teams are doing what we used to do with far fewer people. And so um, we'll talk about that more in just a minute. We're blessed, friends, to be part of an effective church community. And, and by that, I mean good things are happening. People are being loved well. The hurting are being cared for well. And this year, what we want to do is invest our time and our resources and our energy in building this church, building this house, rebuilding this house, believing that God has positioned us to demonstrate the gospel of Jesus, yes, to one another, but increasingly to our city and in our schools and to the surrounding region. We have something really special and beautiful here. We're seeing the results of long-term commitment on the part of many people, not in a shallow spirituality that's quick, easy fix, but in a deep commitment of doing life together. Increasingly, the needs of our culture are going to demand the fruit that comes from this kind of stability. And so we want to fortify and build the structures of this community so that we can do a good job, not keeping it within the walls of this place, but we can spread it out in other places and to other, other people in other parts of our, of our, of our county.
So I'm inviting Leah McKinney, our kids director, to share a little bit about there will be two calls to action today. One is to consider serving here, and then one is to respond to the, uh, the board election. So with the first, Leah, would you explain how we're going to pull this off? Thanks. Green means... Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Me and the microphone. So we wanted to give a couple opportunities um, in order to respond to this. As we were meeting as a staff, it kind of became apparent that there's two big areas that really need our attention at church. And I'm looking at all of your lovely faces, and so many of you are doing so many things already. And so um, we're just going to trust God to meet the needs. I'm just going to put it out there, and I hope that you'll consider responding. Sometimes we volunteer and we jump into stuff because there's a need. Sometimes we feel like a sense of like calling and excitement about it. Either way, I would encourage you to give it a shot. I have been surprised by things that I really liked when I tried them just because I felt responsible to do it. And you kind of sometimes find something that brings a lot of joy. And then other times you're like, that was great, and then you move on. And you know, either one of those scenarios are perfectly fine, um, and it's okay. So I just wanted to highlight two of the big areas. One is just a matter of growth and our ability as Emmaus to care for the youth in our church and to care for the youth in our city. And so we do have a need on Wednesday nights for some more support for Courtney and her team with Ember and um, Ignite and myself with Fuel 45. We have a lot of students that are coming and they need um, attention. <laughs> they need investment and sometimes just supervision. And so we need more support on Wednesday nights um, to make that really run well and to be effective and meaningful for our students. The other area that became really apparent is just basic, like, operations on Sunday morning. And so worship team, tech team, media, sound, ushers, greeters, all sorts of just the different areas that make Sunday mornings work. When this works really well, it just provides a platform for us to be able to do all the other things we do great. And so we could just use some help in those areas. So we actually have an awesome, um, highly advanced system we're going to use this morning called a clipboard. And so if you're over on this side, there's a clipboard underneath your chair. And we just want to invite you to actually look at the different categories we put at the top of the page. And then if you are interested, we're not going to like sign you up for life to volunteer. Um, but if you're even interested in having a conversation of what would be a good fit, then one of our staff will follow up with you. If you'll just give us your name and the best way to reach you, whether that's email or a phone number. And we're actually going to like take a minute and have a moment um, to respond. If you can take the clipboard, we're going to pass them all the way down. So they're going to start here and they're going to end over here. Um, so just stay put for a second and we're going to take a minute to do that.
I'm anticipating a lot of fruitful volunteers on this side of the room, and I don't want to cut you short. But I also need to keep going. So please continue to pass those uh, clipboards down and uh, consider ways that you might support the community and serve here. I'm going to explain the last piece of our uh, gathering together uh, in terms of the, the annual meeting part, uh, which is the election of our board. Uh, here is our current board. There are six folks who serve alongside with me in the leadership of the church uh, on big picture ideas, the budget, big initiatives. The day-to-day -day is handled primarily by our staff team, which is doing a fantastic job. But these are our board members. They are each elected for a two-year term and half of the board cycles off each year. So we don't have six brand new people, ideally. We have three new board members each year and three that continue on. Um, Last year, we elected five new ones. I'll explain why in a second. The only carryover board member for 2022 was Stephen Lenzian, and it wasn't just his last year of a two-year term, but it was his, his 10th year on the board. He's consistently been reelected and has done a great job. I wanted to just take a minute to say thanks to Stephen. I don't think he's here right now, but we're grateful for his service. He wraps up 10 years. Now, we elected, last year at this meeting, we elected five new board members instead of three as we should have, and that's because one of our existing board members moved and another we hired. And so when she became part of our staff, she had to sur uh, surrender her role on the board. So here are the five who are continuing to serve. That's Michelle and Joe and Kathy and Ken and Jeff. Names are in your sermon notes. Those are the five that will continue to serve through 2023. Now, so that we can get off of our five and one rotation and back to a three and three rotation, we invited each of those five, would you be willing to serve an additional year, a third year to your two-year term, an additional year, so that we can get back to a three to three rotation? These three... Michelle and Joe and Kathy are willing to serve an additional year. So they will serve the second year of their two-year term in 23. The vote today has two parts. Part number one is, would you choose, back real quick, sorry. Would you choose two of these? Would you vote for two of these existing board members to serve an additional year so their two-year term would become a three-year term? Second part of the vote is here we need one new board member, and here are the three nominees, Tony Kirk and Scott Nielsen and um, Bill Setledge. And their bios are in the sermon notes, and uh, they look like brothers from here, actually, in this <laughs> perspective. Um, so the invitation is to vote for one of these highly qualified good men to serve and to begin a two-year board term starting next week and running through the year 2024. In your email sent to you this morning is a ballot. We're going to vote online. Um, and so that ballot will be open until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So please, if you're at home, please vote. Find the board. Uh, find the ballot is it midnight? Okay, it's midnight. Got to vote today. Um, and, and so please vote twice. One, first vote is for 
to existing board members to extend their, their time of service. And part number two is to select one person to fill in that blue circle and to serve through 2023 and beyond with this team. So here's the existing team that will serve through 2023. And uh, we need to add to that team one person. Any questions on that? Good. I hope that was clear. All right. Um, the vote is online, as I said. You can access the link through your email. If you didn't get it and you're a member and you think you should have gotten it, please talk to us. If you're a member of a church officially, you've signed the membership book, and you're 15 years old or older, please vote for our leadership team. All right, why don't you stand up with me, and uh, we will take a quick break.